Good morning. How's everybody doing? Up in the balcony. What's up, everybody? <laughs> wow. It's an honor to have you guys all with us today. It's a blessing to be in God's house. How many love God's house this morning? <laughs> um, I just want to honor, we have a visiting pastor with us, uh, Pastor Betty White. We want to just honor you for being with us today. Welcome to Restoration Life. It's an honor to have you. Um, we just pray that you're blessed today and that you enjoy yourself in your house. This is your house, all right? Uh, we're also blessed by everybody else that's here. Come on, Restoration Life. Anybody? I mean, if you're watching us on YouTube or on social media or on spot, listening to us on Spotify, we're honored for you to watch us or listen to us. We're just a bunch of people that love Jesus and love, love everybody else. And uh, we just want to welcome you to Restoration Life. If you have your Bibles open, Ezekiel chapter 37. We are in a series that we've entitled, Let There Be Life. And uh, man, I'm excited. Let me just, let me just kind of, I got to promote this. If you see anybody wearing any of these tags, these are the people that are a part of the family here at Lawndale that have already made the decision to go with the Torrance launch team and start the new campus in Torrance. Okay, so if you see them and you haven't been able to make any of the meetings, you can ask them about the meeting, you can talk to them about the meetings, and they'll fill you in on the information. Let me just kind of give you a couple of quick things that I need you guys to all know. When we launch the new Torrance campus location, it's not another church. We are one church, two locations. Everybody say that with me. One church, two locations. So it's going to be the same leadership. It's going to be the same structure. It's going to be the same culture. In fact, um, Channon and Sherish Sadaki, part of our worship team, have already decided to go and lead that campus in worship. So they'll be over there. And we've got a number of all the other people. We've got Jimmy and Yvonne Hardesty that are going to be with us on the Torrance campus. And a number of other families. We had close to 30 families at our pre-launch meeting. And so listen, if, 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 you, if you live in Torrance, Lamita, Harbor City, Redondo, Manhattan, or you're in that area and you would like to be a part of the launch team, you're more than welcome to do so. And these people that are dedicating themselves to that campus right now are going to be there for a minimal of six months. But also know that if you're in ministry at Restoration Life and you say, you know what, I can serve one weekend out of the month for the next six months or one weekend out of the month for the next year or two weekends, just know that you can go do that as well, okay? You don't have to be there every, every Sunday. I will be ministering over there and I will be ministering over here. And when I'm not there, Pastor Don will minister there. And when I'm not here, part of our pastoral team or evangelists will minister here. Does that make sense? So we are not two different churches with two different, you know, um, cultures and two different names. We are one church, two locations, because wherever you are, the church is, right? So, so if I say, hey, we're going to, to Dockweiler, we're going to have a worship service at Dockweiler, wherever we are, the church is. Who are we? We are the church, right? So we're going to be the church wherever we are. So we're getting ready to open up a new campus coming up. And if you're interested and want to be a part of the launch team, I'm a part of the launch team. My wife is a part of the launch team. And we want to encourage you to come with us as we start this new campus to reach that part of the South Bay for Jesus. Is anybody with me on that? All right. 
With me in Ezekiel chapter 37, let me just give you a couple of things that you all need to know as we look at this portion of Scripture. Three things that I want you to see in this story. Number one is the placing of a prophet. The placing of a prophet. Number two, I want you to see the condition of a people. And number three, I want you to see the power of a prophetic word. And number four, <laughs> number four, I'm going to add to it right now because I just felt this download. The, the breath of life through the Holy Spirit. The breath of life through the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to look at where God places this prophet. The prophet is placed in a really difficult circumstance. Or actually he's living in a very difficult circumstance. At this time the children of Israel are living in captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar, the same king that ruled over Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The same king that ruled over Daniel. You know Daniel, the one that went to the lion's den for praying out in public and serving God through his life is the same king that goes into Jerusalem and demolishes Jerusalem, destroys the temple, lays it to waste, and takes the children of Israel captive back to Babylonia. Okay, so they're living in Babylonian and in captivity. And God, in the middle of all of this, speaks to his prophet, speaks to his son, and transports him spiritually, spiritually, transports him from the Babylonian Empire into what the Bible describes as the Valley of Dry Bones. So if you're new to church, you'll learn this sooner or later, that the valleys in Scripture usually mean a place of battle, a place of hardship, a place of danger, and a place of death. Mountaintops usually are symbolic of place of victory and places of triumph. And how many know that we want to live on the mountaintop all of our lives? The problem is that we are going to experience valley moments as well throughout our lives. In this portion of Scripture, the prophet is transported spiritually into a valley that God describes as the dry bones. And this valley filled with dry bones is a spiritual, is symbolically the spiritual condition of the people of the children of Israel. Now watch. In Scripture, they were known to have been defeated, that they had, they had, they had died in battle against the Babylonians, and remember that they had been crushed by their enemies. And so the children of Israel at this moment in time are living in captivity, they're living separated and isolated from one another and exiled. So they've been dismembered by this slavery. They've been dismembered by this captivity. They've been in exile now and they felt abandoned because of their disobedience to God. They were discouraged. They were impoverished. They were persecuted and they were struck down. But here's what you also need to know. But God had other plans for their future. Don't you love it when God steps in with a big butt? I love, no. <laughs> I love when God steps in, steps in and says, but wait, there's more. But wait, I've got something planned for your life. Now, your plans are not my plans, and your thoughts are not my thoughts, and you don't think the way that I think. And it's a good thing that you don't, because I've got plans to give you hope in the future. I don't have plans to harm you, but I've got plans to free you 
and to bless you so that you know me and I'll be your God and you will be my people and I will walk with you all the days of your life. Paul writes to the church in Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Does anybody feel like they've been hard-pressed a little bit this week? Come on. That, but you're not going to be crushed because I'm not going to allow it. Come on. You are Hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Come on, somebody. Struck down, but not destroyed. You might be going through some stuff this morning, but you're not destroyed by the stuff that's coming against you. And so the first thing that we talked about was that your present condition does not determine your future purpose in God your future purpose in life. And I need to remind you of this today, that, that there will be times for all of us that God will allow you to go into valleys, the valleys that life puts you through to let you see that there is no hope in your own wisdom, that there is no hope in your own strength, that there is no hope in your own ideals. In fact, the, pro, the, the writer of Proverbs writes in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 8, trust in him, in the Lord, with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, one translation would say acknowledge him. I love this, transmit, this translation. In all your ways, submit to him. Mm. Somebody needs to start submitting to God. And he will make your path straight. And not only that, but wait. There's more. He says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment, watch this, to your bones. And so here's Ezekiel. He's transported into a valley of death, a valley of dry bones. And you might be here this morning and you might be in a desperate situation where all that you see is negative. Have you ever been there? You go to work, nothing but negativity. You go to school, nothing but negativity. You go to the doctor to get a checkup, nothing but negativity. You come home, nothing but negativity. You see your kid's report card, nothing but negativity. Come on. You look on social media, nothing but negativity. You look at the news, nothing but negativity. Come on. You might be in a desperate situation right now where all you see around you is negative, but your placement in life might not be the best for you right now, but I want you to hear what the word of the Lord is saying to you right now, that he'll allow you to be in those valleys for you to see things in a different realm, because sometimes we only see things in the natural. I'm here to tell you, God wants you to see things in the supernatural, so you can see them for what they really are. In fact, I am convinced this morning that when we worship God, we are not asking God to be in our presence. We're peeling back the realm of the supernatural and stepping into his mighty presence. Because if the Bible is true, and I believe that it is, it says that he's omniscient, that he's omnipresent. That means that wherever I am, he is. I just got to peel away all the layers and all the garbage and all the stuff, and my worship will catapult me into that presence. You see, you're just a worship song away from his presence. 
See, we think we, 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 gotta, we have to build up this whole atmosphere with lights and music and instruments. Let me tell you, you could be in your car on the way to work and just start worshiping God, and all the layers of the natural will be peeled away, and you'll experience the presence of God in your car while on the 405. Come on, your placement in life might not be good right now, but you have to know, you have to know that your present circumstance, that your present placement does not determine your future purpose. You have to know that. God is able to speak a powerful word in your life. So this is what I want us to see this morning. The power of a prophetic word. Look at Ezekiel chapter 37, verse verse 1 and 2. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set, set me in the middle of a valley. And it was full of bones and he set me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for peeling back the windows of heaven and allowing us to see the despair of the people that we love. Thank you, God, for being in our midst even though We're not worthy of your presence. God, you saw it fit to send your son to die on a rugged cross so that whosoever believes in you would not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you, God, that even though we may be placed in the middle of a valley of dry bones, God, you've spoken life into us, and you want to speak life through each and every single one of us into this valley so that others may come to know who you really are, God, Messiah, and Savior. I pray, Father, for this word today. Let it resonate in our hearts. Let it quicken our spirits. Let, us, let, let, let it correct our direction and reset the trajectory of our future. I pray, Holy Spirit, have dominion, invade this place in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We're in a place in Scripture where the Israelites thought there was no hope, there was no future, that there was no way of restoration Their present condition mitigated against the possibility of that even being fulfilled. Their freedom and restoration depended on God and only God and not on their own abilities and strengths. And Ezekiel knew that it was impossible for any man, any man to be able to bring these dead lives back to life. Even though he was prophetic, he himself said to God when God asked him, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, Only you know that. You see, as we look across the valleys of our lives today, we can see that there are family members and friends that we love that are broken and living in decay, not realizing that you yourself carry the hope and the future for their restoration. We look across the valley of dry bones at our job with all the drama that takes place at work sometimes. Come on, with all the stuff that happens in school, with all the stuff that happens in our communities, with all the things that happen in our nation and around the world, we can look around the world and see death creeping and crawling into every life that it touches. We see dry bones in the valley of death as marriages fall apart and families are torn away from each other because of someone's disobedience. We see dry bones in in, in the lives of people that have lost their way, that once knew God, that once served God, and for whatever reason have backslid and now the enemy is holding them captive, amen, in a a, a captivity of shame, in a captivity of life 
lives in a captivity of self-bondage and we see dry bones and people that we love and care about who aimlessly live their lives going from day to day, waking up, going to work, going back to sleep, reset the next day. What is there to live for? Is there anything to live for? Our hearts break because we know that without Jesus, there are people that are hopelessly lost and dead in their sin. And the reality is this, that you carry a living word that can bring life. That you and I carry the very word of life within each and every single one of us. Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is what? It's death, dry bones. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no life outside of Jesus. No real life. Counterfeit life, yes. Temporal life, yes. Fun here and there, yes. But at the end, just dry bones. Just the valley of death. Notice how God speaks to Ezekiel. And notice how God directs Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 37, chapter, chapter 37, verse 4, he says this. And again, he said to me, prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. Over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Listen to that. O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I want to encourage you this morning that each and every single one of us has been given a divine prophetic word from heaven called the word of God. The word of God. The Bible says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that it's alive and that it's active and that it knows how to separate bone and marrow. You you, you hear what I'm saying? That That it has the ability to speak and each of us have been given a word that has been deposited into each and every single one of us because God's word found us in our valley. Every single one of us at some point we're living in a valley of dry bones, but then we heard the prophetic word of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then life started to take place. We started to come back together. We started to respond to the word of God and and say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm lost. Yes, Lord, here I am. I'm dead in my sin. Yes, Lord, I need to be born again. Yes, Lord, speak. I want life and life more abundantly. And every single one of us in this room has heard a prophetic word that has brought forth life and life more abundantly if we're saved and serving Jesus today. He has spoken these prophetic words of truth over our lives. In fact, John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus said this, I speak to you an eternal truth. If you embrace my message or my word and believe in the one who sent me, you will never face condemnation. For in me, you have already passed from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life. I haven't died yet, but I've already experienced eternal life while I'm still living. Why? Because it was a prophetic word that I responded to, and right there and then when I gave my life to Jesus in that very moment, I did not become this finite creature. I became a person that had an eternity to look forward to. 
Come on, you and I are eternal. You and I are eternal. But the people that are living in the realm of the valley of the dry bones, when they die, all they experience is death and more death. Jesus is the way, the truth, come on, and the life. Ezekiel is basically asked, can these dry bones, can Israel, can Lawndale, can Torrance, can the South Bay, can they come to a place where they can live again? Are you catching this? Because in the South Bay, we are living in a valley of dry bones. There's death all around. Oh, it may look like they're having fun on the strand. Oh, it may look like they're having fun in the clubs. Oh, it may look like they're having fun in their sin. But I'm here to tell you that they are living in a valley of dry bones. And there's nothing but death and separation and despair. But God speaks a prophetic word into his son and says, go and speak life over them. He responds, Lord, you alone know what you can do. And God responds, I will do this, but I'm going to do this through you. Now watch this. Too often you and I expect God just to show up miraculously in a miracle and do everything for you. God will speak to you and tell you to step out and do something for him, and that's when you'll see the miracle take place. You see, we, we want God to move the mountain, but God says, I'm putting a word into you, and you are to say to that mountain, be thou removed. You see, God has given you the power and the authority to speak life over death. Is anybody in this place this morning? Come on. God wants us to speak life. You know, if you would... If you would speak life more than you would gossip about people, you would be in a better place today. If you would speak life over your spouse, well, my spouse, he don't do this, and he don't do that, and he's just this, and he's just that. Why not just get on your knees and pray and speak life over your husband, speak life maybe over your wife? If you spend more time praying and speaking life than you do complaining and being bitter, you might see something different happen. Instead of complaining about your coworker, get there early and speak life over that atmosphere. And I pray for my coworker right now. I know she don't like me. I know she can't stand me. But I believe that God is going to save her. I believe that God is going to deliver her. I speak life over her. And when God saves her, she's going to be my best friend. I speak life over my body. Even though he gave me my two-week notice, I'm going to give him his own notice that God loves him, that God cares about him, that God's got eternal life prepared for him. Speak life. Speak life. Stop speaking death over people. Stop speaking death over My kids, they're horrible. You're speaking death over them. Speak life. I know they're a rebel right now, but I believe one day, I'm a prophesy right now. I believe one day they're going to preach the gospel. I believe one day they're going to be a man of God. I believe one day they're going to get married. I believe one day they're going to get restored. I believe one day they're going to get delivered. I believe one day they're going to be separated from this world and used divinely for God's purpose. I prophesy life. Speak life. Speak life. Sometimes when you look in the mirror, you're like, oh, I can't stand myself. 
Speak life over yourself every day that you get up. Today's going to be a good day. Because I got Jesus with me. And no devil in hell can come against me. Come on. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. When people start talking trash on the internet, get back on there and speak life. Man, I, I know you don't like me. I know you don't care about me. I know you don't agree with me. But I want to let you know that I love you and so does Jesus. Speak life. Or you're just being weird. That's okay. I'll be weird for you. Paul said, I'll become whatever they need me to be for them to get saved. Come on. Speak life. Maybe your neighbor. Man, sometimes, man, we get into stuff with our neighbors. And, and it's like stupid stuff. Man, they keep parking in front of my house. Come on. Hey, they keep barbecuing and they don't throw anything over the wall. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. You know, they, they give you that look. Every time you pull up, you're like, hi. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> hashtag weird. You know, it's just like, speak life over them. Speak life. We got to learn how to speak life when we get on campus. And, and you're like, hey, I want to invite you to church. Oh, you're one of those. Oh, you're one of those. You're like, yeah, I'm one of those. And I love being one of those because God died and rose again for all of us, even for you, because you're one of those too. Whosoever, the Bible says, believes in the Lord shall be saved. Amen? God is able to speak a powerful word and deposit it into all of our lives. I want you to know that if God's Holy Spirit is upon you, whether you know it or not, you're prophetic. Now, you might not have the gift of prophecy where you're flowing in it and actively flowing in it every day of your life. But if you got the word in you because the word of God is prophetic, there will be times that you'll sit there and you'll hear something and then God's spirit will quicken you to say this. I want you to know that that's prophetic. And that only comes from the Holy Spirit. And you're like, well, what, what if it isn't the Holy Spirit and God tells me to encourage them? Then you can't go wrong being an encouragement to them. Right? Step out in faith and encourage somebody. Have you ever been at the grocery store and God says, tell them that I love them? And you're like, I rebuke you, Satan. That's not you. God, you wouldn't put me in a place where I would embarrass myself. Come on. Speak life. You never know. That person might be in the brink of wanting to commit suicide. And you walk up and you say, I don't know why, but God wants me to tell you that he loves you. And man, that prophetic word will speak life into a valley of dry bones that that person's been living in. You never know. That's why I always tell our church, be nice to everybody that comes on campus. Be hospitable. You don't know where people are at. They may have walked out of a valley into life, restoration life. Come on. Right? And they come in here and you're like, hey, homie, that's my seat. <laughs> Chill out. Give up your seat. DNA class, right? Give up your seat. Right? You never know where people are at. You might even be in here and see somebody from another neighborhood that you once hated. Relax. This is God's house. The only click here is a kingdom click. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen. You might be here and you might see somebody that you once had drama with in the past at the club. It's all right. Get over it. That's the valley of dry bones. 
you've walked out of that valley and onto a mountaintop experience inside of the house of God. I'm here to tell you that we're supposed to speak life over everyone. That's why we encourage everybody to be nice. Look at somebody tell them, be nice. I, I get a kick out of people that say that they're Christian and they're the rudest people on the planet. I'm like, you're not saved. You're bitter. <laughs> Come on, God wants you better. You can't tell me you're saved and you love God and hate people. You can't tell me that you love Jesus and you're talking smack about other people. You can't tell me that you love Jesus and you're not willing to be a part of what God's doing in the house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on. God is able to speak a prophetic word into your life and use you and the gift he's deposited in you for his glory to go back to your circumstance, go back to your situation, go back to the valley that you were able to see and speak life. Speak life over your mom and dad that have been fighting for such a long time. Step in there and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak life and healing and restoration over this. I want you to know, young people, that you've got authority in Christ Jesus to speak over your mom and dad. Don't belittle, don't belittle yourself because of your age. God started using David when he was a teenager. Come on, and he took off the head of Goliath. You need to go back into your house and take off the Goliath that's trying to take down your family and speak a prophetic word over their lives. There's power in a prophetic word. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 and 2, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit, and he sent me into the middle of this valley, and he led me back and forth among them, and I saw great and many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And, and, and we need to understand that this is the condition, this is the spiritual condition of the lives that are lost without Christ. This is the spiritual condition of the world that we live in. We live in a world that's filled with valleys of dry bones. And it's up to the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, to walk into that valley and speak the prophetic word that God called her to speak. I want you to know this morning that every single one of you here can speak life into any circumstance, into any situation, into every opportunity that God gives you. Speak life and not death because he has placed a prophetic word in each of your lives. He said, prophesy to these dry bones. Bone, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is, what the, this is what the Lord says. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. That's what happens when we start speaking this way. We start to see things change. We start seeing things in the atmosphere being peeled back. We start experiencing what God wants us to experience. And I believe that we've been giving this prophetic word. You could have the, a, a different marriage with the same spouse because you started speaking life over each other instead of death. You can speak life. Psalm 1611 says this, for you bring me a continual revelation a resurrect, of resurrection life, the path to bliss that brings me face to face with you. But for whatever reason, as Christians, so many people, we get, we get so afraid of speaking whatever God's put on our heart to say to somebody that we care about. And we're like, well, 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 that's pastor's job. Right? Pastor, I need you to come and, and speak to my husband. You need to talk to him. 
I'm like, no, you need to pray for him. That's what you need to start doing. <laughs> Pastor, you need to talk to my wife. She's tripping. No, you're tripping. <laughs> you need to start speaking life over your wife. Stop complaining. Speak life over her. Well, you need to talk to my kid. My kid, my kid, man, his grades. Start praying. Lay hands on your kid at night. Speak life over them. Speak life over their mind. Rebuke all the stuff that's coming against them as, as the next generation of leaders. The Bible says in Romans 10, 14, and 15, it says, How can they call upon him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? Could you imagine going to heaven? Could you imagine? Because this is going to happen one day. I promise you. But could you imagine, not the specific scenario, but you're going to go to heaven. <laughs> could you imagine going to heaven and then running into somebody you never thought would get saved? And you're like, hey, you made it. And, and imagine if they were like, all that time and you never said anything. You saw what I went through. You saw the condition on my heart. You know what I was going through. And not once did you ever tell me about Jesus. Could you imagine? You being like, uh. Now I know that wouldn't happen because that stuff won't happen in heaven. But you could, could you imagine if it was like that? So many people around us that are just living in death. And we're walking around in life. Loving life, enjoying life, experiencing the abundant life that God gives us. While all the while, people all around us are just living in valleys of dry bones. How will they ever hear? How will they ever hear about him? And how, unless somebody tells them, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news you know what the good news is jesus that's the good news he is the good news john 6 63 says the spirit alone gives eternal life human effort accomplishes nothing and the very words i have spoken are spirit and life once life has been prophesied watch this things start to move around ezekiel 37 6 and 8 says this, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put the breath, uh, I will put breath in you and you will come to what? Mm. Somebody in here needs to come to life. And you will know that I am the Lord. This is what Ezekiel does next. So I prophesy. And as I was commanded, I was prophesying. There was a noise. Everybody say a noise. A rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I want you to hear this this morning. When you start speaking life over somebody else's life, what you'll start to experience is a noise that starts to take place. A rattling in the spiritual realm where demonic things will start to grumble and complain. And things will start to rise to the surface. And, and things that were once separated will start now coming back 
together. And things that were once dead will start growing. And things that were once weak will now start to get strengthened. And things that were once uh, 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 forgotten about will now be remembered. And, and this process of restoration in Scripture starts talking about this, this new skin that begins to cover them, but there was still no breath in them. And here's what I want you to hear, that when you come to Jesus and He saves you, in order for Him to finish what He started, not only is He going to take you from where you were to where He wants you to be, not only is, it, is there going to be a noise and a rattling of your life coming back together and your family coming back together and strength by muscles and sinews and skins being placed on you, but unless he starts to breathe on you, there will be no power. It'll just be a bunch of noise. And I think too often, too many people that come to church, they start to come back together in their life, but all they're doing is making noise, but there's no power. There's no anointing. There's just noise. Now, what I want you to hear this morning is God didn't bring you this far just to put you back together the way that he healed some of the people in Scripture. Not only did he want to put your life back together, but he wants to save you with a purpose, and he wants to breathe his Holy Spirit on you so that there could be power and anoint. Come on, so that you can walk in strength, so that you can walk in purpose, and no matter what comes against you, no devil in hell can rattle you, no thing on this earth earth can take away what God wants to do in you and through you. We need him to breathe life on us. John chapter 3 verse 5 and 6, Jesus himself said this as the worship team comes. Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit wind, <laughs> you will never enter God's kingdom realm. For the natural realm can only give birth to things that are natural. But the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. I don't know about you. He's given me way too much to live in the natural. He's given me way too much to go to work every day and to live in the natural. He's given me way too much to treat my wife and my kids in the natural. He's given me way too much and deposited way too much and spoken way too much and healed way too much and forgiven way too much. Come on. He's done, he's done way too much for me to walk in the, in the natural. God is calling me to walk in the supernatural, abundant life that he's got prepared for me and all of you at the same time. Ezekiel said, then he said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath, come from the four winds and breathe. Breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life. But not only that, they stood up on their feet and became a vast army of the Most High God. Now, I don't know who this is for this morning, but you need to hear this, because if you're living in a valley of dry bones, I want to prophesy and speak life into your dead life. 
And I want you to know that when God raises you up, he doesn't raise you up just to put you back together, but he raises you up to be a supernatural living example of what Christ did on the cross for you and I, and you become a part of the army of the Most High God. Come on. Acts 1.8. Before Jesus ascends to the Father, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what will you be able to do with this power? The first thing that he, sa- he doesn't say is that you're going to start speaking in tongues. The first thing that he doesn't say is that you're going to start interpreting tongues. The first thing that he doesn't say is that you're going to lay hands on the sick and do all this other stuff. No, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be a witness of who I am. That's the first thing that happens. You're going to be a witness. That's what he says. Now, we know that in Acts chapter 2, when the fire of the Holy Ghost comes upon them, they started to speak in other tongues. But that's not the only evidence of the presence of God on your life. It's when the boldness to be witnesses of Jesus and share the gospel to other parts of the world and here in the South Bay and here in Torrance, that is a part of what the Holy Spirit does. In fact... The first thing Peter does when he goes out to correct everybody because everybody thinks that they're drunk because everybody's speaking in other tongues. Right? All these people from about 11 or so different nations like, hey, it's like only midday and these people are drunk. And Peter comes out and he goes, they're not drunk with wine the way that you think they are. They're filled with the Spirit of God. And he starts to preach. And he starts to raise his voice. Watch this. And address the crowd dry bones. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose that it is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, everybody say God says. Here's the prophetic word. Here's the prophetic word. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. And on that day, over 3,000 people come to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. Why? Because they experienced the breath of the Holy Spirit breathed upon them. When was the last time you shared Jesus? with somebody that was living in a valley of dry bones. When was the last time you ever shared your testimony of what God has done in your life? It's such a powerful testimony. Have you experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of God's holy presence to fill you not only with this gift for His purpose and His bride, but to proclaim boldly the prophetic word of the Lord in valley of dry bones? I'm here to tell you, our campus that we're opening is in a valley of dry bones. Our other future campus will be somewhere in the Culver City, Santa Monica, Venice area. One church, not two locations, but then it'll be one church. Because we're going to go there to prophesy and speak life over death. Speak the word of truth. Speak Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in reverence to the Lord this morning.